Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. Hello. Hello. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. What is going on? Oh my goodness. I've just been rushing around like a mad woman today. Yeah. I just sat down. I freaking went to Chadston. I don't know why I do this, Lockie. Like usually I try to go get my stuff done during the week, but I just didn't have time this week. So I went this morning thinking it's going to be quiet and it was anything but. It was a nightmare. I hate going to a shopping centre. I just hate it. It's so funny because I used to like love going like anywhere, like to shops. Like I used to just love shopping, love hanging out at shops. That's what I want to do on the weekend. Now I will do anything in my power to avoid it. Like yeah. honestly, <laughs> yeah. I was in yeah, and out in like it. an hour and a half. So I was pretty happy with myself. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how's your so weekend? My week has been crazy. Really, but you know, it's just I feel like I've got so much stuff coming up, and it's like. You're flustered? Yeah, flustered with it all. Like, so I've got my friend's hens in two weeks. I'm in the bridal party, so lots of stuff to organise for that. Oh, the following wow. week is Elsie's birthday, so I've got a lot of stuff to do for that. Then a few weeks after that, it's their wedding. So we're, like, out for the whole weekend. So, and I'm making stuff for that their wedding as well. So I've just got, sh- oh, like, my. shit everywhere. Like, I my spare room is full of crap. Like right now my study is just like there's shit all over the floor because I'm like trying to get all this stuff done. But it's just. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like it'll be over soon. Once yeah. one thing's over, it'll make the rest easier. Yeah, exactly right. Crazy. And I feel like it's worth it when you're in the moment, but it's the lead up that kills you. you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Um, so I feel like I've got two things to talk to you about, both quite shocking. Ooh, one okay. is just a nothing topic. The other, craziness. So the first one, you're going to die. Okay. I'm pretty sure I'm going to ditch my iPhone and get a Samsung. What the <laughs> heck? Yeah, no I know. Way. Yeah. yeah. How? What made you come to this conclusion? Well, I feel like I've just not liked Apple as a company for the last few years. Mm. And... The new Samsung comes in that like, lavender colour. <laughs> and they do look like iPhones now. Like, the, like they look really cool. I just, I'm like 80% there. I'm still not like 100% I'm going to do it. But, but wait, do you have a Mac or not? Computer? No, I've got a Windows computer. Oh, yeah, same with me. Same with yeah, me. yeah. So I don't know. Oh, that is actually massive. Yeah. You know, I was completely, I don't know, actually, I feel like it might have even been when I first met you, I was so against iPhones. I was like, no, but I'll just, I don't know what it was. I just was really angry towards them because I had a Blackberry for like yeah. years <laughs> after I shouldn't have had the Blackberry. I still had the Blackberry. Um, but yeah, obviously now that I'm on it uh, and I hate change, like that's my biggest thing. Like I struggle with change. So yeah. changing, like if I try to use my mum's freaking Samsung, I, I literally want to throw it out the window. It basically frustrates the crap out of me. So I mean, I'm the same, but I feel like I'll get used to it. And yeah, s- and then it will just be like easy. The cameras are amazing on the, the Samsung. Samsung. Yeah, oh see, my that's, god, that's like I'm almost there for that. The cameras, yeah, crazy. Mm. But, oh my god, yeah, keep us posted. I, I, I'm gonna just sit on it, and I'm not just gonna like spontaneous because that is so me to just go and be like, yeah, sure, and then you know, 
do it all and then but I'm just gonna sit on it and see how I feel wait until I'm 100% there because I feel like it's gonna be a big decision you should try it surely there's like some sort of chat that's like people that have like ditched their iPhones and gone to Samsung that have like, to be Reddit or something yeah yeah exactly you should <laughs> check out and just see what do you know what I mean their pros and cons are and see yeah. if you can deal with them crazy and then the second thing I'm not sure if you will have seen this this week but if you haven't, it's craziness. So on TikTok and Instagram, I think Instagram's where it started and then it's spilled onto TikTok. But there is a girl who is saying that she thinks that she possibly could be Madeline McCann. Really? Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, so she, there's this girl. I'm not sure where she lives, somewhere in Europe. She um, First she just started an Instagram and she's not trying to get anything from it she just wants to be put into contact with Kate and Jerry to do a DNA test because she thinks that she's Madeline McCann and it's obviously just gone all over TikTok and stuff and her like you know how people do this all the time I feel like so many people have come out and like oh I'm Madeline McCann this girl has so much like info to back herself up it is insane she has the eye thing really but the eye thing she's also put all these photos up of little um like freckles or spots that were in the pictures of maddie that she has on her body she has said that she does not remember her childhood at all she was sexually assaulted by a german pedophile when she was a child like that's what she does remember um her similarities in her face are insane um but what's her family like has she asked her family like what's the history there okay so she references like a grandma but I don't know if that's like a foster grandmother or like she doesn't really reference her upbringing at all and I don't think her grandma has many answers for her um but she's not trying to get anything out of it I think is the big thing she started the Instagram just so that like she could get into contact with Kate and Jerry um and then I was literally just on her Instagram before and um, it said that she, someone has put her into contact with Kate and Jerry and that they were going to speak to her over the next day or so to organise a DNA test. Really? Yeah. So it's like insane. Like I'll, I'll um, send you the link for you to share with everyone. But um, Please. Wait, yeah, is this crazy. I am Madeline McCann? Is that the Instagram? Yeah, that's the Instagram. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I had to look it up. I couldn't wait yeah it's really full on and like she's done like lives instagram lives um and people are asking her questions um and they've obviously gone onto tiktok but um i just she seems so much more legitimate than the other people that have come out to say this and the eye thing is just crazy yeah she has the eye thing what um, oh my yeah. gosh i anyway, i can't wait to look into this i'm actually mm. dying so crazy crazy yeah, so she posted a few hours ago that she talked with someone from Madeline's family and she will possibly be able to talk to the parents tomorrow and a DNA, DNA test will be done. And all she said was thank you. Like that, I think that's all she wanted. She just wanted like it to be able to, like so she could contact them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But... Wow, Lockie, you have blown my mind. And mm. this is now all I want to dig into. Yeah, it's full on. Like, yeah, you'll have to go look, look back at all her Instagram lives because people are asking her questions as she's doing it and she can answer most of them quite wow. legitimately. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you've just blown my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a bit of a TikTok hole with it last night. <laughs> I just couldn't stop. That's As I said to you, that's exactly what I'll be doing this afternoon. So I had not even seen it, hadn't even heard about it. I was just saying to my mum mm. that this week my week has been ruined because of one thing. What? And that one thing is maths. I can't watch it. I'm going to have to stop watching it. The whole evening is gone. Yeah. If you're watching maths, your evening is done. Yeah. It freaking goes for like two hours a night. I, that's, that's why, like, when, like, the block's on, because I always love the block, I hate that, my, yeah, my weeknights are just done to TV. But yes. I've been watching maths, but I'm just watching it on catch-up the next day. Yeah, so that's a good idea. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm just going to pick. I feel like the Mondays and Tuesdays are just like nothing. Nothing. And you can figure out what happened on Monday and Tuesday if you just watch Wednesday and Sunday. So yeah. from now on, Wednesdays and Sundays and I'm not – and the rest I'll watch on Instagram. I'm not wasting any more time on yeah. them. But, yeah, it's annoying. I know, I know how you feel. Because I honestly feel like my whole – because by the time I do I mean, watch it, then have a shower, whatever, it's like bedtime. Yeah. But, yeah. Crazy. But are you ready to get started into this week's case? Looking? Yes, I am ready. All right, let's do it. The search for Amy has lasted for four months. This picture of the Bay Village girl has been placed in every public place possible with the hope that someone, somewhere, would have information leading to her whereabouts. It involves the kidnapping of a 10-year-old girl. Nationally televised programs profiled the abduction. And last Tuesday, authorities announced what seemed to be at the time a ray of hope, a reported sighting at a Tulsa, Oklahoma shopping mall. But the tragic end was closer to home. A female jogger was jogging this morning at approximately 7.30, and uh, she spotted something in the field and went off the field and checked and it was a body. Throughout the day, federal agents combed the area searching for evidence that might provide some clues about who may have done this to any youngster. And late this afternoon, authorities confirmed the news that we had hoped that we would never have to hear. The Cuyahoga Co County Coroner's Office examined the body. That body has been positively identified as that of Amy Mahalovic. Dental records and fingerprints were used to confirm the coroner's report. They say Amy's death was a homicide. I can only say that uh, there were stab wounds to the left side of the neck. Can you say how many? No, I can't say that. Any uh, possibility of sexual molestation? I can't say that at this time. 35 FBI agents were assigned to the Mahalovic case. 100,000 man hours had been logged. And practically everyone involved in the investigation were clinging to hope that Amy would be found alive. Well, it, uh, it certainly isn't what we were all and every one of you two were hoping for. So this week's episode was requested to us by Sophie. So thank you so much, Sophie, for the request. So today we'll be discussing the case of Amy Renee Mahalovic. Yep. So Amy was born on December 11th, 1978 to Margaret and Mark in Little Rock, Arkansas. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Amy had an older brother named Jason. The family moved around a little for Mark's work, but settled in Bay Village, which was like an upper class area in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. 
Amy has been described as a loving, outgoing, and very bright little girl. Uh, She was even in the gifted program at school. She was friendly with people she knew and she was super close with her mum, with some people even nicknaming her Margaret's little shadow. (laughs) Isn't it? Amy loved animals, in particular horses, and dreamt of one day owning her own. She spent a lot of her spare time at the Holly Hill Riding Stables learning to ride on her favourite horse and named Razzle. <laughs> How cool is that for a horse, like a name for a horse? Do you know it's funny like dogs have like human names but horses never do? Yes, that's <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little tidbit that I've noticed. <laughs> yes, I love it. So Amy also regularly attended the Lake Erie Nature and Science Centre. So Amy and her brother Jason would spend the afternoons after school alone as both their parents worked. Amy's dad, Mark, was a car salesman and her mother, Margaret, worked at Trading Times magazine selling ads for cars and she had just recently changed from part-time to full-time. Super normal as well for the kids to be alone after school. Yes, especially that day and age. Yeah. I think they were called latchkey kids. Like that was like the term for kids that would spend the afternoons alone. Something I think I'm pretty sure it was latchkey kids I read somewhere. Yeah. I mean, like me and my sister even like that's obviously not, you know, it's 10 years or so ahead, but me and my sister were still like alone after school at that time. Really? I'm just trying to think. I feel like... More towards the end, actually, no, because she was fifth grade. I was gonna say, towards the end of um primary school, I think I had a few afternoons alone. I was always scared to be by myself, like be alone at home, though. Oh, really? I, I don't know what you know what I think, actually. I was gonna say, I don't know what it was, but I think it's because my love for home alone with the robbers <laughs> like it's it did put something like a bit of fear in me for robbers. Mm, okay. Um, Now, Amy would finish an hour earlier than Jason, but both children were usually home just after three. They were both required to call their mother, Margaret, at work and let her know that they had gotten home okay. So on Friday, October 27th, 1989, 10-year-old Amy left the house at 7.20 a.m. and rode her bike to school. Is that early for school? It does sound super early, but in saying that, they were done by two. Yeah. So I feel like they finished earlier. Yeah, start early, finish early. Yeah. So that day in particular, a police officer had visited Amy's class to talk to them about stranger danger, which is wild when you hear this story. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, it's crazy. Yeah. So when Jason returned home that afternoon, he was slightly worried that Amy wasn't home. He called his mum to let her know, but Margaret wasn't too stressed as Amy had told her that she would be late, like coming home from school as she was attending a choir tryout. Mm-hmm. So I think Margaret was like, mm, not too stressed, but there was something still just like didn't sit right with her. So she decided to pack up her stuff and head home just yeah. in case. So as she was packing up her things to leave work, she received a call from Amy. So around 3.30 p.m., Amy called to say that she was fine and that the tryouts for choir went okay. So Margaret assumed that Amy was calling from home. So she was shocked when she walked in the door just after 5 p.m. to discover that Amy still was not home. 
Has the mum come out and talked about this phone call? Yes, she has. So did she sound normal? So she said that she gave her sort of like one word answers, but she didn't sound like distressed or anything like mm-hmm. that. She sounded normal, but so yeah, it was just like more one-worded answers. Yeah, okay. Is what I've read. Yeah. So Margaret knew there was something very wrong and contacted police. She had called friends and neighbours but could not find Amy. Margaret had also gone to the school and found Amy's bike still locked up in the bike racks. That's crazy to me. Isn't it? Because that's like not even leaving school grounds type of situation. Exactly. Yeah. So surprisingly, the police responded quickly, treating it as an abduction and began searching for Amy immediately. Now, I do find it surprising because this was known as like a really safe area and it was the late 80s. So I feel like I was really impressed with how quickly the police mm. responded. <laughs> but maybe once, maybe because it was a good area, they didn't have much else to do. Well, exactly. So I was just about to say, so there had never been a child homicide in the city's history. No murders, rapes or kidnappings or abductions up to that point that year. Well, yeah. There was only like minor crimes going on like in the city and that's like three robberies, two assaults and 12 car thefts. So it wasn't even like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a high, like as in like that's not even a little bit high. That's for the whole year. Yeah, yeah. So Amy's disappearance made the 11 p.m. news. Once news spread through the community that Amy was missing, two of Amy's friends came forward and told police a shocking story. Mm-hmm. So after school that Friday afternoon, Amy had gone to meet someone at the Bay Square shopping centre. Now this person claimed to have worked with Amy's mum. So there was no choir practice. At all that day. It was, no. wasn't even scheduled. No. So the man had called the Mahalovic home and told Amy he needed her help to buy a gift for her mum as she had recently been promoted. So, sorry, I'm just trying to get my head around all. So the call that the guy made to ask to with help for the present was this before the day she disappeared. Yes, yes, and I think it, it might it was definitely before the date that she disappeared, so it was an organised meeting, yeah. and they think that he may have even called more than once. Oh, God. Yeah, and the thing is as well, like, Margaret hadn't been promoted, but she had moved from part-time to full-time. So whether Amy thought that was a promotion or was just confused yeah. with, like, her mum's role, I'm not sure. I don't know if he just got lucky and said promotion and that had just recently happened, so that's what she thought. Like, I'm not sure, but this is what he told her. And, of course, Amy, wanting to please her mum, agreed to meet the stranger and keep their meeting a secret. Yeah. She did tell her two friends, though. Yeah, okay. So the Bay Village Square Shopping Centre was only about a four-minute walk from Amy's school and it was located opposite the police (laughs) department, which is freaking gutsy. It makes me think it's a police officer. That's interesting. Mm, Yeah. But but honestly, I feel like it'd be too obvious because people would know the police officer. It's like a small town. Yeah, that's true. Like, people would have been like, oh, that was, do you know what I mean, Officer so-and-so. 
And can I tell you, would you believe on that exact day, every single police officer was at the department for staff photos? At the exact time or was it like a day? Well, no, I think Throughout it was a day, the day. thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a day thing. But still, that's, that's freaking mental, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like 2 p.m. is like a busy time as well. You know what I mean? Like it's after lunch. People are, you know, like heading back there. I don't know. I just feel like it's, yeah, it's really ballsy. So as I said, Amy finished school at 2 p.m. that afternoon and she walked with friends to the plaza. She was last seen waiting around an ice cream shop where two classmates saw a man approach her around 3 p.m. Now, they assumed he was her father and it's rumoured he called her by name. Yep. They had a brief conversation and then he put his hand on her shoulder and led her through the car park. So there's no scene. There was no screaming, nothing like that. It was literally just... Like it wasn't anything shocking, you know what I mean? That people are going to remember in their minds. I just feel like she has to have know, she has to know this person. Like I know he spun the story, like oh, I work with your mum or whatever. But I just feel like she's obviously a smart kid. I, I feel like she has to know them. But in somewhat. saying, but if, but in saying that, let's just say he's called their house more than once, and they just chatted on the phone about I don't know bits and pieces. She might be like. Do you know what I mean? And he's like, I don't, I don't know, who knows what he spun to her, right? Yeah. But if, if he's approached her nicely and been like, hey, I was going to tell you this later, but there are rumours that this guy's name was Frank, which makes me really upset because I love the name Frank, right? But let's, <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to use that as like what, I, what I'm saying in this part, right? But let's just say he comes up and he's like, hey, Amy, it's me, Frank. And he's like, nice. Apparently he was dressed well. So it's not like he's some shaggy guy that stinks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, why would her guard be up when she's been talking to him? Mm, yeah, I don't know. So the man was described as white between, now I'm saying, I know this is, you're going to be like, what the heck, Karen? this is like 20 years, but between 25 and 45. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that is because some articles I read said between 25 and 35 and the other articles I read said 35 to 45 so I'm just throwing it all in there right? I feel like for men that those ages you don't really look that different exactly and for and don't forget these were classmates like these were young kids that yeah, are trying to they figure, exactly yeah. like I feel like I thought like 20 I don't know 22 was so old when yeah. I was 10 you know <laughs> so this guy was medium build between 58 and 510 with dark hair there are some descriptions that he had like a bit of a bald spot but in <laughs> the um like if you see the composite sketches it looks like he had like shaggy hair like it's sort of like it looks a bit 70s I feel like long yeah sort of like bowl bowlish yeah like bowl hair kind, you know <laughs> what I mean? yeah so another thing is he may or may not have been wearing glasses as one witness saw him thought he was wearing glasses and the other one thought he wasn't now, as I said, he was dressed well, wearing like a tan beige sort of jacket. And two sketches of the suspect were released and the family did not recognise like this man. Yeah, okay. the person. Yeah. So over the years, another two sketches would be released. So to date, there's a total of four sketches out there. So the FBI were involved within 14 hours of Amy's disappearance but it would be months before Amy's body would be discovered. 
So on February 8th, 1990, Amy's body was found by a jogger named Janet. And this was along a county road 1181. And this is a rural road in Ashland County, which was over a narrow way from where Amy had been abducted. So investigators believe that she was there for a while but had been covered up by either snow or some sort of evidence that lay nearby. So I'm going to go into this after, but there was a blanket and a curtain that did, like that were in the area. So it is believed she may have even been covered with one of these items or both. Um, Now it's believed that she was covered because this area, it wasn't like – like there were people in this area, there were hunters, that same jogger had jogged past there the same day and she just hadn't been seen or found. So Amy was wearing the same clothes she had disappeared in, although it is believed she was undressed and then redressed. Ugh. I know. So missing were her silhouette uh, turquoise horseshoe earrings, her little black riding boots and the winter breaker she was wearing that day along with a book bag and a leather binder that had Buick best-in-class written on it. And this particular item is quite rare and it's unique. It was given to her by her father, so it's not something that, like, all the other kids had. So it wasn't revealed to the public that some of these items were even missing until, like, a decade later. Later. Okay, yeah, and they've still never been found. No, none of these items have been found. So an autopsy revealed Amy had put up a fight as her fingernails were damaged, but she had been struck in the back of the head with a blunt object. She'd been stabbed twice in the neck and sexually assaulted. Oh, my God. I know. Amy had also eaten at least once after she was taken. So Amy was found with like gold beige fibres on her clothing, which is believed to be from like the carpet of an Oldsmobile, which I actually had to look up. Is that a car? Yeah, it's like an old car. Like I had no idea what that was. When I first read it, I'm like, do they mean like an Oldsmobile? But no, (laughs) it's an Oldsmobile. Anyway, so police knew what the inside of the car would have looked like but had no solid description of what, like, the outside looked like. Yeah. So this janky anus locky (laughs) (laughs) would have been familiar with the area where Amy was dumped. Yeah. And this is because it was, like, quite a good dumping site as it was such a long road. You would have been able to see if someone was heading towards you because, like, you would have had, like, a minute's notice because the road was so long. Yeah. So as I was saying before, nearby the scene, a handmade curtain and blanket were discovered. Originally, it was not believed that these items were connected, but years and years later, so I'm talking like 2016, it was revealed that these items had hairs on them that belonged to both Amy and her dog, Jake. Yeah. So they they have now been connected, do you know what I mean, to her murderer. Okay. So over 100 police officers were involved in the investigation, including the FBI. Thousands of leads were tracked down, but they all led nowhere. So there were no cameras, like, 
those days, the call that Amy received and the call that Amy made were unable to be tracked. So that remember, could just be everything, couldn't I it? I know. Like these days, exactly right. Mm. So remember that call that Amy made to her mother at like 3.30? Yeah. It's believed that she was most likely in the company of her abductor. Yeah. And he allowed her to make the call. Mm. Now, you you had asked me earlier just regarding what her mum said. Um, and, yeah, it was pretty much just one-worded answers, but she did not sound stressed at all. Like as in like she couldn't tell that there was something wrong. Yeah. So police, but still enough for her to feel like there was something a bit off. Off, yeah. Yeah. I think the one-worded answers maybe just sort of made her like think twice, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So police believe that he allowed Amy to like make this call to buy some time because think about it. If she didn't call, the alarm would have been raised like straight away as soon as Margaret went home, like by 3.30, you know what I mean, 4 o'clock the latest, whereas this bought him like another hour or even two hours. So the perp was most likely a local as the phone company only kept records for long-distance calls. And remember they were unable to track the call, yeah, which okay. meant he was, he was local. Yeah. So it was revealed years later that, the, like, that a number of other young girls had come forward to report that they too had received similar phone calls to Amy. What a sicko. I know, right? So police believe that three of the calls were likely connected to the case. These three girls lived in a suburb over from Bay Village and this suburb was called North Olmsted. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was like a 15-minute drive, but it was the same area code. Yeah. The thing is with some of these girls, some of them had like unlisted numbers. So because obviously like originally they're, they're thinking like you could have looked her up in a phone book or something like that, but this proves wrong that it couldn't have been, do you know what I mean? Like it, it had to have been some other way that he was getting these numbers. All the girls looked very similar. Like I even like heard people saying that they could have been like cousins. Oh, God, okay. And they were all similar in age. So where the heck would this guy have gotten these girls numbered? Like numbers, yeah. sorry. And how were they all connected? School. But they went to different schools. Oh, yeah. This leads us into our suspects. And up until now, I have not mentioned the amazing work James Renner has done on this case. Yeah. So James Renner is an investigative journalist his name might sound familiar as he's done quite a bit of work on the Maura Murray case. So James was around the same age as Amy when she disappeared and lived nearby where she was taken. It sounds like even from like a very young age, he became obsessed with this case, even going to the local shopping centre and calling in tips to police of people that might look like the composite <laughs> sketch. How crazy is that? I think he was like only 11 at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I have to mention James as there are so many suspects in this case, but the main ones I want to talk about, he's really investigated and a lot yeah. of my info has come from him. Mm-hmm. So first up is a science teacher named Dean. Is this the um, is this surname like Run- Runkle or something? Yes, 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 I know about this guy. You, yeah, it's mm. this story is nuts, right? One, this guy looks very similar to the composite. Sketch. Very, 
like identical. Yeah. yeah, I'll pop up some photos. And he was also investigated for touching young girls, like writing love letters. And I'm just going to say like all around being just a big a sicko. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he lived near where Amy's body was discovered and it's rumoured he volunteered at that Lake Erie Nature and Science Centre oh. that Amy would attend. Now this science centre you, like when you got there, you were made to sign in using your name and phone number at the door. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amy, along with the three other girls that received calls from this freak, had all visited this science centre. Yeah. And although this book has never been sort of found or really investigated, like as in like they didn't, they haven't gotten a hold of this book, it seems to be one of the only connections between all four girls. Now there is one other connection. I'm just going to quickly throw this in there, but I'm not going to go into like detail. Um, But there is a maths teacher and this guy is connected to like Amy's horse riding instructor. I think it's like her brother, right? Um, so I thought that I'd put that in there. That's sort of like another way that these four girls are all connected. And yeah. I just thought I'd put it in there in case anyone else wants to look into it. I mean, um, it's interesting, but yeah, I just feel like um, yeah, look into yeah. it if you're interested. Yeah. So staying on Dean, right? There's a story out there that makes my skin crawl about Mm -hmm. this guy. So Dean was about a year away from retiring and getting his pension when the department must have been updating their records and realised that they didn't have his fingerprints on record. So they contacted him to get his fingerprints and instead of giving them to, like, police, he resigned, missing out on a comfortable retirement. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't it? So he literally, instead of, like, giving his fingerprints, he just, like, nah, like, no, thank you, like, and resigned. So mm. James Renner actually went looking for this guy in Key West, which is in Florida because I actually had no idea where this was, right? Yeah, it's like my grandpa's bucket list place to go. Is it? I yeah, love he that. He always talks about it, yeah. I love that. Yeah, sorry. Reminds me of uh, Del Boca Vista. I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> um, But anyway, so he was... Like, so as I said, James went down there. He's looking for this guy. He was unable to track him down. I don't know if he's homeless or he's just sort of like one of those guys that like sort of moves around a lot. But anyway, James was literally ready to head back home and he was stopped at a red light, right? And he prays. He says like, if it's this guy, let me find him. And Lockie, as he's praying at this red light, this guy. Guy Dean literally walks out in front of his car. Yeah, that's full on. Like what? Does this blow your mind? What are the chances of this? Yeah. It is crazy. Anyway, he talks to him for about 10 minutes and this Dean guy even knows who James is and says like, oh, like my sister told me you're sort of like looking for me. I think originally Dean had told authorities that he had never been to that Lake Erie Nature and Science Centre so James says to him, what would you do if I told you I had a photo of you at that Lake Erie Nature and Science Centre? And he replies, I never said I had never been there, just that I don't remember ever being there. Well, that doesn't make sense. Exactly. 
And like, and people have said, and this is so gross, that he'd breed like rats and give it to the Senate to feed the, you know, what's oh. there. I know, sick, right? But anyway, so there are people that, that put him there and like say that he does have a connection to this thing. But yeah, he says that he doesn't remember ever being there, you know? So throughout this convo he's having with James on the side of the road, he never denies any involvement, which is freaking strange. Yeah. Like that's... being involved in, do you know what I mean, Amy's murder. Yeah. So that's the story of Dean. Next up is a man that remained on the police's like, he was like the police's top suspect, right, until it seems like he was dropped as a suspect after they administered truth serum at his request. What? Yes. So this is a thing. Did you know that truth serum was a thing? No. Yes. <laughs> Apparently it is, right? Which is nuts. But anyway, I'll tell you about this guy. So this guy's name was Harold. He lived and his family owned the Holly Hill riding stables where Amy would spend a lot of her spare time. Yeah. So Harold was a, quote, paranoid schizophrenic Vietnam vet. Oh. vet. I can't even tell you this. Vietnam veteran. Yes, why is that a tongue twister? It <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> now, I think he would creep out the kids as he was like an avid hunter and would wander around in camo with like a bow and arrow. <laughs> So he actually checked himself into a VA hospital after being questioned by police. He claimed that he was scared the police were trying to pin this on him. Now, as he worked for intelligence in the war and could beat the lie detector, he asked them to inject him with truth serum. And it seems that they, well, they did go ahead and do this, right, and question him. And after this questioning, they dropped him as their number one suspect. Okay. Is that crazy? That's kind of crazy. <laughs> You're, like, confused crazy. Like, I'm just what? like this truth serum's really, uh. Apparently it, like, I actually did look up what it does. I think it, like, slowers your, some, it slowers something which makes you, it harder for you to lie. If that Why makes sense. Why do they sense. not do this more often? I have no idea. I don't know if it's dangerous. You know what? I, is it? I, I don't know if I'm right, but I think it's sodium canothril. I don't, I don't know. I okay. could be, someone out there is probably laughing at me. I don't, know, I don't know if that's what it is, but I think that's what it is. Okay. Anyway, Interesting. So that's him. That's the story I of think, Harold. I, I don't feel like he's got much... I think, I mean, there are other little bits and pieces like his family were away that weekend. I think he originally said that he'd never spoken to Amy, but then when James interviewed him, he tells him like a story about um, Amy being dropped off and he asked her if she needed help. I don't know if it was tying her boot or something like putting her boots on or there was, there was some sort of interaction he did have with Amy. So there is a little bit more detail about this Harold guy, but I'm just giving you a bit of an overview. And I mean... I feel like there's not that much tying him to. Yeah, not compared to the other guy. No. And yeah. not compared to another guy we're going to talk about shortly as well. Okay. So that's why I'm just like, I just give, put, I'm throwing him in there for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, this particular suspect literally comes straight from James Renner. 
So when James, now I'm telling James a story because I just have to, it's crazy, right? So when James was younger, he went to explore a park nearby alone. And as he entered this park, a man near the cubicles was doing something like a little dodgy, you know? Yeah. So originally James didn't think anything of it, but as he continued through the park, he noticed that this man started to follow him. Now he ends up like full, like James ends up running and this guy ends up running after him. So he starts chasing him, right, which is freaking so so scary. scary. Yeah, I feel like he climbs like some sort of fence to get away from him, but he eventually does end up getting away. When he being a little sorry, imagine being a little boy. That would be so scary. I know. It is crazy. Wait till you hear though this. It is blows my mind, right? So he eventually gets away, but he does get a good look at his face before escaping. And they call the police, obviously, when he gets back to his mum's apartment, whatever. So it's obviously there's a record of this happening. Anyway, years later at a book signing, a ranger or something, whatever, like one of those, I think it's like a park ranger or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That works for these parks like starts chatting with James and James tells him this story about like when he was young, what happened to him, do you know what I mean? Whatever. Anyway, this park ranger replies, have you ever looked into my old boss? And James is like, what do you mean? Like what for? And the the guy's like pointing around saying for all this and he's pointing the books like regarding Amy because James wrote a book about Amy. Okay. So James goes home that night and looks up this guy who is the former director of Cleveland Metro Parks. Now, keep in mind, the Nature Centre where Amy used to visit is part of this Cleveland Parks thing. Yeah. Now, James sees a photo of this guy and he's sure this is the guy that tried to abduct him that day. Wow. Crazy, right? He starts digging and finds that he, this guy, got caught for exposing himself in 1988. He also checked himself into a mental health facility 10 days after Amy was abducted and then took time off work when Amy's body was discovered. (laughs) Is that not like a crazy coincidence? Yeah. And, like, as I said, like, Anyone who's into this case or just interested in in general, like James does go into detail about this. He like he does go and like do you know what I mean? Find him, speak with him. It's just a crazy story. I just wanted to tell everyone about it because it blew me away. Um, but that is another suspect. Yep. So the next suspect I want to talk about is this guy named Billy. Now Billy early on injected himself into the investigation but was asked to leave when it was discovered he had stalked a waitress in in a town nearby. Billy had, like, serious emotional and mental problems. He was really upset when Amy's body was discovered and took his own life that same year by ingesting ethanol. Ethanol. Which sounds horrid. What is that? I think that's the E, like, you know, E10, the petrol? Yeah. I think that's ethanol. Well, apparently this guy, like, he had it and then he, like, got up and went to work. Like, it took, he didn't Days just, like, yeah. To it, kill him inside. Yes. Yeah, it sounds horrid. Anyway, so nothing was found in his apartment tying him to the murder, 
But some people believe that maybe his family may have cleared, like, cleared it up before, like, police got the chance to search it. Do you think, like, if you, if, say, you committed a crime that your family would help you cover it up? I don't think so. No, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, neither do I. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, a lot of people do talk about this guy, um, Billy, but, yeah, I'm the same. Like, I'm really not, like, sold on him, but I'm putting him in there. Yeah. This suspect, however, so this is our final and most recent suspect I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to tell you, this guy is, uh, like, it's an unidentified man, so he doesn't have a name. I think I'm just, I'm pretty much going to call him, him a name. the man. Oh, well, what do you want to call him? Mm. I don't know what comes to your mind straight away. Clive. Clive. All right, Clive. We're going with Clive. So <laughs> Clive is unidentified. We've given him this name just so no one goes out searching for like, oh, yeah. Clive. <laughs> Sorry if your name's Clive. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what makes me think of your own modern family with <laughs> Clive and Juliana? <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I freaking love that Clive. Like, I love it when Phil's so Clive. Funny. He's literally like a different person with that sweater and he's got that thing like that, that name tag on. Kills me. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to be picturing Phil. All right. Let's okay. go. So in February 2019, a former girlfriend of Clive's contacted police with a tip. She yeah. believed Clive, her ex-boyfriend, had killed Amy. And this was made public in 2021, so it's quite recent, you know. Okay, so the tip came in a few years beforehand and then they were obviously investigating it and determined it was almost legit enough to release it. Yes, and yeah. there's a lot of info that's released. So this this is going to get like scrappy and this is going to get crazy, yeah. right? So this man and his girlfriend lived near the shopping centre where Amy was taken and he and his family worked in the area. He also had a niece in the same grade as Amy. At the same school? I'm not sure to tell you the truth. It says the same grade, which in the police report, so I'm not sure if they were the same school. You know what? Some people think it's the same school. Some people don't. I don't know if it's ever been released. Okay. Because that could explain how he got the number. It was like a um, like a class contact list or something. Yes, and some podcasts I've listen to do talk about that like maybe do you know what I mean like oh do you you want me to pick up your friend like Amy like what's her number like or something like that yeah yeah um but yeah I couldn't find it actually saying they were like in the same class so yeah now on the night of Amy's abduction Clive didn't come home which his girlfriend has said was unusual he did however call her And he called her around 10 p.m. that evening and asked her if she had heard any news about Amy Mihaljevic. Now, the creepiest thing of all is Amy's case didn't make the news till like 10, 30, 11. So the girlfriend obviously had like no idea what the heck this guy's talking about. Yes. She had no idea. Now, police believe this man would have fit the description at the time of Amy's disappearance and has been picked as a suspect by two witnesses. So, obviously, they've, they've showed the witnesses that were there when you know, the, the witnesses that saw the guy and they've picked this, they've picked Clive out, right? But also, like, just to compare, we go back to the first suspect, the teacher, Runkle, whatever his dean, 
Yes. He was also picked from a lineup as well. Yes. But, so he... there's, a, but there's only been two. It's Dean and this guy. Yes. So it's, they're in a race. Exactly. Like, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. So Clive's ex told police the couple had been to Ashland County a number of times, even, like even going there together. So remember, this is where Amy's body was found. Yeah. But that's not all. The day Amy's body was found, police set up a checkpoint at an intersection nearby to record all the number plates that visited the area as it's really common for, like, killers to revisit the the area, the dumping site. Like, do you know what I mean? To see what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. And guess whose Mm. car is on the records? Mm. Clive's. Clive's. (laughs) He visited, and I'm quite sure it was, like, 5 p.m. that day, he visited the area, and remember, this is over an or just over an hour away from where yeah. this guy lives. And and the police have said in their investigation they could not find a reason why this guy would have been in the area that day. Yeah. Now, guess what was registered to Clive around this time, Lockie? <laughs> oh no! A gold-coloured Oldsmobile with tan <sighs> interior. Yeah, so this guy's winning so far. Isn't he? He really is. Now, police did interview this guy. He actually handed himself in for questioning where he made, quote, suspicious statements. The man told police that in like 89 and 90, he was going through like a dark period in his life. That just screams red flag, right? Yeah. Now, he also claims he may have met Margaret, so that's Amy's mum, at a bar. And when asked if he'd ever spoken with Amy, he replied, I could have, and that, quote, it could have been a wrong number. So, yes, he did speak to her. That, that's, that's what I get from that. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Like this is – I got this info from an article, but I did also – I'm quite sure if either – I don't know if I heard it on a podcast or I read somewhere else. Another thing he claimed is if he had spoken with Amy, it was probably because he thought it was Margaret. Like makes what? no freaking sense, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no freaking sense. Anyway, police also asked him if Amy had ever been in his car. And he replied, I don't believe so. But when pushed further, whether it was possible, he replied, okay, but I don't know what the situation would have been. So, yes. So he's like kind of admitting to talking to her, kind of admitting to her being in his car. He's like, I don't know. He's like, maybe, but I don't know why she would have been in the car. <laughs> like, doesn't make sense. Unless, yeah. you know what, unless he was, she was in the same grade as his niece, maybe he gave her a lift home, like that sort of, I don't know, like maybe. But like even like I don't think I would ever let Elsie go. With a strange Get man. a ride from a friend's uncle. Yeah, yeah. But, but in saying that, uh, I don't know because remember she used to walk home from school. So and if she's like, oh, my uncle's, like if it's your friend and she's like, like you might not let Elsie but Elsie might still get in the car with her friend. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just thinking back to, like, when I was younger, whether, like, me and my friends used to walk to and from school all the time. I feel like if it was raining or something like that, 
And for instance, my friend Leanne said, oh, my uncle's giving me a lift home. I think I'd get in the car. I don't think I'd think yeah. twice about it. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, another thing the man agreed is that it was possible for his DNA to be on the curtain that was found at the scene. But he says that if there was DNA on Amy that he didn't put it there, it would have had to have been planted. Oh, Does that make on. sense? Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Right. Now, to date, this man is homeless. I'm quite sure he lives in his car. He has not <laughs> been charged with Amy's murder. Now, he did give up his DNA, and from my understanding, they have DNA to test, but it's such fragile DNA that if they do go ahead and test it, it could be completely ruined. So, so what you mean Amy's DNA uh, is so, fragile? So, the, the, so this guy gave his DNA, and the DNA that they found on Amy, so I'm guessing they found DNA on her. I don't know if it's under her nails, on her clothing. They've obviously found some sort of DNA on her. But this DNA is just, yeah, like, as I said, like really fragile. So if they test it, if they go ahead and use it, and it's not him, that it's completely ruined. It. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, from my understanding, they may be waiting on technology to catch up before testing it, just like the curtains. Like the curtains and that um, blanket or whatever that was found at the scene originally – do you know what I mean? There was nothing that they could sort of test it. But obviously years and years later with technology, they were able to test it and find that it was Amy's hairs and the dog's hairs on it. So I think they're just sort of waiting for something yeah, similar okay. here to happen, you know. So Amy's mother, Margaret, never got over Amy's murder, even moving herself into Amy's bedroom. That's it, so sad. It actually killed. Like, oh, the interviews with her mom, oh, my gosh, they kill me. So Margaret and Mark divorced a few years later and it's reported she really struggled with alcohol. Margaret died in 2001 from severe complications from lupus, not knowing who killed Amy. A lot of people say that she just died from a broken heart, you know, like she's just never the same again. Yeah. So Amy's case is still open and has never gone cold. It's actually the FBI's longest open investigation. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So Amy's bike still sits in the police department as a reminder that the killer is still out there. They still have it there. How amazing is that? Yeah. Crazy. The dad's still alive, yeah. Yeah, the da- her dad and her brother are still alive. Yeah. And even interviews with her dad are quite heartbreaking. I think that, like, he's just, like, like, obviously he wants to find out who the killer is, but it must be really hard for him to talk about it or yeah. think about her. Even, like, he's, I'm quite sure he says that, like, he doesn't celebrate her birthday. He does just spend, like, a bit of time just thinking about how old she would be and trying to think what could have been, but it's not, like, a celebration for him. Like, it must just be too hard. Yeah. Well, that's sad. Uh... And that is the story of Amy Mihalovic. Um, so if you have a case you want us to cover, send us the messages on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime and Canines. And until next week. Until next week.